Hey, and welcome to Sunday Replay, the podcast from Harmony to Luga Lake. This week, Pastor Mark is sharing a message called Why Are You Afraid? While we continue our series wrestling with the questions Jesus asked and looking at one of Jesus' most powerful questions that helps us to tackle fear and doubt. Now, if you have been listening to the podcast for the last couple of weeks, you'll notice that usually the messages at Harmony are a little bit shorter, but about once a month, we like to expand on our message from God's Word. And this week, Pastor Mark is doing just that. We get to dive deeper into the topic of the sermon. We get to hear more wisdom from the speaker and from God's Word. And so I'm really excited for you to hear what Pastor Mark has to say this week. So let's dive in to his sermon, Why Are You Afraid? Yes. Oh, what a blessing. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, good morning, Harmony. Yeah, it's so good to see you. So how's worship going for you so far? Yeah, all right, all right. And it is truly a blessing to be here on this beautiful, cool Sunday morning, yes. Well, today we continue our fall sermon series, Wrestling with the Questions Jesus Asked. And we're going to be exploring some of the most, uh, some of the most provocative questions that Jesus posed to others, and many of those questions and many of these questions, they cut right to the heart of what it means to be human. And thus far, we've covered two questions, who do you say that I am, and why are you anxious? Well, this morning, our next focus of Jesus' questions is, why are you afraid? which ties into the scripture passage that Kendall Joy Hall read to us earlier from Matthew 8, chapter 23 through 27, the verses. And this is a passage in which Jesus not only quiets one storm, but he quiets two storms. And we're going to delve more into the story in a couple of minutes. But what I want to first say is that today is October the 1st, And we're approaching one of Harmony's most favorite holidays of the season, Halloween. Yes! Now, there's nothing to be fearful or scared of here at this campus because what we do is we provide people with yummy and delicious candy. We've got fun games that are being played outside. And this is an annual extravaganza here in the Toluca Lake neighborhood. Well, on Tuesday evening, October the 31st, Get this, well over a thousand youngsters are going to be coming to this campus. They're going to engage with us with their adult family members. And so we would love for you to be here and participate. Yes, don't be afraid to be a Harmony Halloween volunteer, okay? And you can speak with Jace about that or with me. We would love to have your involvement. And some in here already been volunteers and they know exactly what I'm talking about. On the other hand, there's Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, highlighting the fear portion of the spooky season. And that, my friends, is their goal. As the promo states, legend has it, you should never go alone to Southern California's scariest Halloween event. Summon your scream squad and you might survive. <laughs> Be very afraid, right? <clears throat> Universal Studios know how to work it, right? They know about fear. And friends, fear is in the here and now. Hmm? Fear's origin is known. It is specific. 
with a perceived threat over a very real and present danger in which you have an immediate response. Yes, because within you, what happens is your heart rate starts increasing. Yeah, your senses, they are heightened, and your adrenaline starts rushing. Oh, it's just going to surge. You see, fear sells. Hmm? Yeah, fear, it markets well. I mean, why do you think some of the politicians in our world, they love to have fear in their messaging, don't they? Especially during election season. Fellow Americans, danger is lurking all about. Just waiting to take advantage of you. Elect me if you want to be safe. Hmm? Right? We live in a culture that thrives on reminding us that there is a lot to be afraid of. And I'm going to say this straightforward and bluntly, politicians do not corner the market on messaging fear tactics. Uh-uh. I'm going to call out the church. I am also going to call out the church because there are some preachers who use fear to manipulate individuals and faith communities. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, then God is going to come get you. Forget Halloween Horror Nights. The fiery pit of hell awaits you every night. Right? Right? Why are you afraid, Jesus asks. Well, I believe Jesus, being both divine and human, knew that fear is an inherent and universal human emotion. Look, we've all experienced fear in our lives to some degree at various stages, from childhood to old age. Fear can manifest itself. It into our thoughts and our decisions and our actions. Fear paralyzes us and hinders us from fulfilling our God-given purposes that we've been uh, here for. And that may be one of the reasons that the Bible addresses the topic of fear in various forms over 300 times. With this, here's where we're going to take a moment for the question of the day. Now, typically for those who don't know what I'm talking about, we do this on the first Sunday of the month, and what we do is we take a few minutes to chat with one another, get to know each other, and nearby, as you are comfortable in doing so, we're not forcing you to, to discuss a question that I will bring forward, and that question today is, what are some common fears you or people you know face in daily life? For those connecting with us online, we invite you also to consider this question. And so, friends, let us greet one another with the peace of Christ and begin our time of discussion together. Okay, all right. I know there's some good discussion being going on around this one. Who would like to come up and share just for a second? Anyone? Because you know I'm going to pick on somebody if you don't. There's the mic right there for you. Hi, good morning. Um, our group brought up a lot of different fears from financial, medical, social, um, and then some specific ones like driving, um, especially around here. Um, and we learned a cool tidbit, if I can share. Sure. Samantha, right? Samantha is actually a scare actor at Universal Studios Horror hey, Nights. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, lo lots of fears. And also for our child children too, to put them on social media, then like people can get their images. There's like AI or strangers mm -hmm. or uh, yeah, just lots of 
different things to fear. <laughs> yes, okay. Thank you, Joy. All right, who else? One more, one more. One more. Oh, come on up, Shauna. That's not yet, Tom. You calm down. <laughs> so my group was talking about uh, fear of different churches, mm. how they had been afraid to go into, I mean, I was, I was afraid when I first came here because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, and we talked about fear of loss. And then we also talked about how this church is encompassing and loving and makes you feel safe. So that was a good opposite of fear. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Back at back at the production table, <laughs> Jewel, Jewel said, spiders. <laughs> it reminded me when I lived in Houston, and I'm not joking, nothing like taking a shower when a flying cockroach comes at you, right? And we're, oh yeah, <laughs> I, loved you. I loved Julia's look, his eyes go wide open. And in Houston, those cockroaches don't mess with you. They are long, like six inches and three inches wide, right? It's crazy. <laughs> So I'll share uh, two uh, personal moments of being afraid with you this morning, and one right now and then one later. Uh, the first one leads into this morning's Centering Scripture passage from Matthew. And so a number of years ago, I was on a United Airlines flight, and I was headed to Denver, and it was late in the fall season. There were wintry conditions. It was at night. And, you know, that flight, everything was just going as smoothly as can be until it didn't. And we got hit by some serious, serious, unexpected turbulence. I mean, there was zero warning, none. And I had been napping in my seat without my seat belt on. And let me tell you, that never happened again. I've always got the belt on now. And the plane dropped rapidly. I'm talking quick. It happened so fast that my body flew up out of my seat and my head banged into the storage, baggage storage above me. Yep. By the time my senses came back to me from getting my bell rung, I looked out the side window and I saw crazy bolts of lightning. I mean, they were just flashing all around us. It was totally insane. It was just pure crazy and scary. On top of which, the plane was vibrating nonstop. Vibrating so hard, I could see, due to the lightning bolts flashing out there, that the wings of the plane were flapping. And I'm talking about flapping like this, as though they were going to snap. Now, do you think fear entered into my mind at that time? <laughs> yeah, right? Yes. What got me through this mess, right? So this is what got me through, is I was praying and I centered my breath, and then I'm telling you most of all, it was my faith. Faith in the makers of that plane that it's going to hold steady, faith in the pilots that they're going to get us through this, and most of all, faith in God to protect all of us. That knowing no matter what, the Lord is with us, everything's going to be okay. And a few minutes later, it all came in, it finally did, and that's when my nerves and I think everybody else's nerves on the plane calmed down. So this huge, huge 
storm experience that came out of nowhere, it came to mind when I was reflecting on this story from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 27 of Jesus calming the storm. And without a doubt, I can easily, I can easily understand how fear came into play for those disciples. Well, leading up to this moment, I want to point out that verse 18 of this chapter, verse 18 from the very same chapter, it tells us that Jesus gave an order to the disciples, and he said for the group to go, they were going to go across the Sea of Galilee, and what they do is they go across by way of boat. And I just want to point this out, that the Sea of Galilee is not really a sea. It is a, fresh, a freshwater lake, and it is about 13 miles long and is about, I'd say, seven miles wide. So taking an educated guess, their journey would have been somewhere between five to ten miles, and that would have taken them somewhere between two to five hours on this water. Uh, And along the way, as we're told in the story, a huge storm arose, and the waves from this lake began to flood into the boat with water. Now, you might ask, oh, well, how big were those waves? Glad you asked. So, Uh, There are gorges on the west side that allow wind to whip across the lake. Well, it's been shared in Israel's history. It has been said that whipping wind could have created waves that were as high as 30 feet. 30 feet. That, my friends, we're talking as high as the floor to the ceiling in this sanctuary. Hmm. So in what was a night boat ride in the midst of a blinding storm and a sinking boat, is it any wonder that the disciples cried out, angry and panicked, to their fearless leader, the rabbi, who happens to be slipping through this all this mess, Lord, rescue us, we're going to drown. Okay, show of hands, just want to see this. In the chaos of all this terrifying storm in the sinking boat, who in here would have cried out to Jesus out of fear? Just want to see hands. Oh, yeah, I think that's everyone. Yes, indeed, I'm right there with you, okay? Well, this is when Jesus wakes up to say, why are you afraid with the addition, you people of little faith? Now, hearing these words, do you perceive a tone of scolding? Do you you perceive a, a sense of disappointment there? What's wrong with you disciples? How could you be afraid when I'm right here in the boat with you? All right, now, friends, I just want to point this out. As we well know, tone is so important. And we've certainly discovered that in an era of emails and text messages and social media. Assuming a person's tone simply by reading their words can blow up big time in our faces, and it can create a big old mess, yes? Well, what if the question that Jesus asked the disciple and asks us today is less about interrogation and more about curiosity. Not, why are you afraid, you people of little faith? But, why are you afraid? Why is is your faith little? What is it that scares you? What do you think the limit of your faith is right now? What would it be like if Jesus is asking us, and we hear these questions right now for whatever areas of fear that you are facing and feeling today, I want you to imagine Jesus asking you these questions not to accuse you of not having enough faith, but to extend an invitation, to invite you 
to explore the source of that fear, to test its validity and to rely on what is true instead of the falsehoods that fear would have you believe. When I think of that frightening storm and how scared the disciples must have been, we might actually be able to identify with their frailty, their fear, their lack of faith. And I, I want to point this out that what Jesus didn't say. Jesus did not say, folks, there's nothing to be afraid of. Hmm? Faith community, even when Jesus is in that boat with us and stays in that boat with us, this doesn't mean that at times we are not going to be surrounded by some very real and very scary storms. I like what United Methodist Church Bishop Will Willimon says, and he puts it this way. Perhaps you thought it would be smooth sailing with Jesus. You thought, oh, with Jesus in the boat, there will be no storm, no waves, no fear. Nope. Almost every page proclaims that Jesus is in the center of a storm. When Jesus is near, the wind picks up, the waves bang against the side of the boat, and there is trouble. Indeed, there are plenty of wind and waves that assail our own fragile vessels, our lives, our churches, our cities, and the nations of this world. And the hard truth is that there are some fearsome things that are very real. Facing rejection, dealing with financial difficulties, losing one's job or trying to find a job, experiencing serious illness that might be your own or your loved ones, going through isolation, caught up in relationship difficulties, threatened by discrimination, faced with failure. Oh, that fearful list is plentiful. Nevertheless, as we take this faith journey in our lives, as we grow in faith, while we come to understand that even though such fearsome things are very real, they do not have the final say. They do not have the ultimate power over us because reigning over this world of fearsome things is a God who is mightier than they. Amen? Now, does this story end with Jesus' question? No. We're told he got up and gave orders to the winds and the lake, and there was a great calm. The people were amazed and said, what kind of person is this? Even the winds and the lake obey him. Now, before all that havoc occurred, all that havoc occurred, here's what the disciples had experienced and personally experienced with Jesus. One, there was the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' teaching, and that was a transformative teaching that they had never heard before, and they were in awe. Well, also, they had witnessed a lot of miraculous physical healings by Jesus that included a man with, uh, he had skin disease. There's the centurion's servant. There was Peter's mother-in-law. There were numerous other healings. And again, amazing. However, to have divine authority over natural elements? Whoa. I want you to imagine that. And this only reinforced the disciples' need to trust in Jesus. 
because the power that the Christ demonstrated while in a boat on the Sea of Galilee is the very same power that God has displayed all throughout the Bible in the face of fear. In the story from the Gospels, Jesus calms two storms. He calms the physical storms around us, the wind and the waves of our life circumstances, yet even before that, he speaks to the storms within us to show us how to combat our stormy fears through the simple act of asking it questions such as, where does your fear come from? Do you believe that your fear is the truth? What is the worst that could ever happen? What would you be able to do if you were not afraid? In this calming, Jesus located within himself a center of peace during the storm. How did he do that? How was he able to have, as, as uh, Paul states in Philippians, a peace that exceeds all understanding? How can we have that peace? Well, might it have something to do with the knowledge that no matter what, God is always with us? That it, as in Psalm 46, 1 states, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Or as Isaiah uh, you know, 41, 10, that we receive that, and it says, don't fear, which is followed by because I am with you. Here's where I want to share uh, my second personal being afraid moment with you. As uh, many of you know, my mother passed away uh, May 15th of this year. And um, after I had returned to L.A., uh, I was vacationing in Spain. This was in mid-April, right after Easter. And so I was back here in L.A., and two days, two days after I had returned, I distinctly heard God's voice tell me, Mark, you have to go home. And I heard it again. I was like, oh, really? i got to get back on a plane again? And I was like, Mark, you have to go home. And I knew by that tone that this would be the final time, which I did not say to her. And that was difficult dealing with uh, these feelings and being afraid. Um, afraid of losing my mother, someone who I had a unique bond with as her firstborn. Afraid of losing my last parent, Afraid of, what's to become of me? What's to become of my sister without her in our lives? Afraid knowing my mother was about to die and wondering, how is she going to be able to weather this final storm on this earthly plane? Well, for, my, uh, for many years, my mother, uh, as a very steadfast Christian, she would ask me what I thought about heaven. And what, what does heaven look like? And what are we going to do in heaven? Uh, and, and then she would say, well, who's going to be there? And then, of course, she was concerned about, well, who's not going to be there? And, but in all of those questions, there was this underlying level of apprehension, of fear. Now, it wasn't a fear that she wasn't going to be there. It was more, for, uh, more so a fear of not being here 
with me. On the last day of my visit uh, at her bedside, my mother was very weak, and yet she spoke again about heaven. And this time, though, there was no apprehension. I could see in her eyes, I could see in her, uh, the look on her face that she was experiencing this peace that passes all understanding. And she softly said, Mark, you will never know how much I have loved you, but I will always be with you. And I replied, and I with you, mother, and God with us always. Fear was not our truth. Faith in Christ is our truth. Death is not the end and will not be the end and will not have and does not have the final say. For in Jesus Christ, God calls us to trust and surrender ourselves to the loving and powerful arms of the divine creator. Harmony, this is the future that God desires for us. For you, it is a life that is neither free from fear, but it is also not dictated by it. It is a life in which we engage our fear and allow God to transform us to make us stronger and more faithful. As I bring this morning's message to a close, and I invite Rev. Jefferson to come forward to lead us in the sacrament of communion, where all are welcome, no fear, right? Fear is an inevitable aspect, though, of our human experience, but guess what? We do not need to let it consume us. Jesus' question, why are you afraid, challenges us to reevaluate the source of our fear and the depth of our faith. Friends, as we seek God's presence, spending time in prayer and in meditation, as we study the scripture and as we engage in worship with one another, as we remember the heavenly creator's countless, countless acts of faithfulness, and as we surrender control of our lives to spirit, and as we lean on each other, lean, my friends, lean in this firming of faith community on one another, our hearts, I promise you, our hearts find solace and courage in the midst of life's storms. Amen? May we be a people who trust in the goodness and the power of God, walking in faith even when fear knocks at the door. Let us be a shining example to this fearful world, proclaiming the hope found in Christ and declaring, I will not be afraid, for the Lord is with me. May the peace of Christ, my friends, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds this day and always. Amen.
It's time for the Sunday Replay Halftime Show. Every week we get to share a couple of opportunities for you to engage with our faith community. And this week I'm really excited to share about two of my favorite activities that we have going on this fall. First, we started this past Sunday preparing cat toys for the Humane Society as a celebration of our blessing of the animals, which we do twice a year in order to celebrate the creation that God has given us through animals and creatures and just a beautiful, magnificent creation that God allows us to be a part of. So if you want to help us honor this creation and take care of it, we will be putting together cat toys for the Humane Society on Sunday, October 8th after worship. And there's a little bit of a change from what we had previously advertised of putting together blessing bags. Those will be coming soon, but on October 8th, we will be preparing cat toys for the Humane Society. Then at the very end of the month, get ready for Halloween at Harmony. On Halloween day, starting at 5 p.m., this is the biggest outreach opportunity of the year for our faith community. And this is a chance for us to invite over 1,000 of our neighbors to come through our lawn and into our doors to enjoy candy, games, snacks, music, and just the love of God that we can share with them freely without any expectation. It's an awesome, awesome event. And if you are interested in learning more about Halloween, at Harmony or Cat Toys for the Humane Society, you can email me, Jace, J-A-S-E, at hollywoodumc.org, and I would love to plug you into these two really cool ways that you can serve. But for now, that concludes our halftime show. Let's hear what the worship band has for us as we get to experience worship with God for just a few minutes during this podcast. God, we thank you. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken.
sing of your greatness, God. We will sing of your greatness. Yeah, yeah. Say all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones, they will sing. Thanks for listening to Sunday Replay. Our guests this week were Pastor Mark Stevenson and the Harmony Worship Band. This episode was edited by Donna Miller and hosted by me, Jace Lucas. Sunday Replay is a part of the Harmony Podcast Network from Harmony Toluca Lake, a campus of Hollywood United Methodist Church. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Harmony Toluca Lake, or on Instagram at Harmony underscore TLC. You can like, rate, comment, subscribe, and download this episode. All of those things really help us to get out the good news of God's inclusive and affirming love. I'll see you next week as we continue the Wrestling with the Questions Jesus Asked fall series. But until then, as Pastor Mark likes to say, peace.